Mark Barkley here. I call you blessed in the name of Jesus. Welcome to the broadcast today. Whatever media, however it's coming to you, we welcome you. Hope it's a great blessing to you. We've studied hard and we got some good word for you. Listen, we're in the middle of a series, one I've taught, taught again, teaching it now. It's just uh, simply called How to Be an Overcomer. You can get it if you want, it's easy. And it's one of the many things that we are for a short season downloading for free. So when you get this, you may still be in that time span. If not, it's still available to you. And uh, I taught a whole series. I've heard all my lay people say, I'm an overcomer, we should be overcomers. The Bible says he's made us more than overcomers. But what is one? What does it mean? How do you get there? Because I like to win. And I like to win against all odds. And you can when you learn how God said to do it. I'm also praying for you to meet my Christ. A lot of the things we teach are for God's kids. And so invite him in your life today. Sometime during this broadcast, uh, think about us, pray for us. And anytime you can, send some financial seed because that helps us bring all this stuff basically free to everybody on the globe. Here we go, it's gonna be awesome. I hope you got your Bible because your life is about to be changed. Amen. Today, I am a believer. Therefore, I'm a receiver. And I do believe that I will receive absolutely everything, absolutely everything that God has for me today. In Jesus' name, say amen and clap real good. Come on. Praise God. Amen. All right. Luke chapter 21. Let's go. Yeah. We're excited about the word of God. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 21. I got someone bumped into me up in um, the Northland a couple days ago. I was out and about. And they said, I'm really disappointed about one of your telecasts, Brother Barclay. I said, well, what, what did I do? They said, you started out without holding up your Bible and you didn't have the, and the people didn't shout on the first verse and I shout with them every time and you guys didn't do it. And if you don't mind, don't ever do a telecast like that again. <laughs> I said, do you ever send an offering for our telecast? She says, yes, I do. I said, well, then you have a say. And from now on, we'll shout when we turn to the first verse, no matter what. Amen. If you're paying for it, you ought to get to have at least two cents worth. Amen. Luke 21, we're teaching a series called Overcomers. Now, counting the introduction, this, I think, is our sixth time together. I think I said different this morning, but the team said you're off one. Uh, I've been, they've told me I've been off before, you know, like off your rocker or off course or something. But I don't listen to that part. But So uh, we want to study tonight. Now, let's review just a minute. We talked about what is an overcomer. That was our very first session. What is an overcomer? We talked about that. Why did God make us earth warriors? Why is it the Bible says he causes us always to be a conqueror? Why is it that the Lord always gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ? And on and on and on. Now, your life right now might not look like you're a conqueror and an overcomer. In fact, you might be looking and feeling like all that stuff is overcoming you and it's on top of you. But that's why we're teaching the series to readjust your thinking to get back on biblical course and attack 
and go back on the offensive. Praise God. And then our first session, we talked about discouragement. Or excuse me, condemnation. Then we talked about discouragement. Discouragement. Yeah, discouragement gets a lot of people. Then we taught Thursday night on, uh, on hurt feelings. What do you do about hurt feelings? This morning, I taught on bitterness and on forgiveness. How do you stop from getting a root so deep that God has to bring out the big guns in order to get it out of the inside of you? Also this morning, it, listen, seriously, I'm not just trying to peddle tapes and CDs. I mean, and such. If, you didn't get the, if you weren't here this morning and I talked about gossip, and being a babbler and tail-bearing, and you need delivered from that. You, need, you really need to get that teaching this morning because it wasn't a rebuke, and I think it might have rebuked some people, but it wasn't a rebuke. It was an anointing to set you free from those things to, so you don't hurt yourself anymore. Tonight, for a few minutes, we don't have a long time, but we got a few minutes. I want to teach on finding freedom from anxiety. Finding freedom from anxiety. Anxiety is among the top killers, postponers, the top weapons of Satan to stop you in your tracks, to ruin your life. Anxiety can give you headaches, ulcers. Anxiety can give you the hives. It can keep you up all night tossing and turning. Anxiety can be waiting on something big and good. Anxiety, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people they really did study. They really are smart. But anxiety made them almost blow the exam at the end of the semester. Not because they didn't know the answer. Because this enemy constantly keeps them agitated on the inside. But when you have peace instead of this, wow, then you become this champion that God wants you to be. So I want to just, I don't want to get all psychological. I mean, I could. I only have a couple of credits from having a degree in psychology, but, uh, but a lot of psychology is nothing but a confrontation to our Christ and his scriptures. No offense to any of you. A lot of it's okay, but a lot of it's not. And so I'm gonna, I don't want to have a psychological session on how to deal with anxiety. I want to have a Bible session. Uh, what does God say to get, a, to get out? How do you get out of this thing? So before we do that, I think we ought to read a verse and then give you a couple definitions. So here we go. Luke 21, verse 25. If you're there, say amen. amen. Verse 25, and there shall be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars. Upon the earth, stop a minute, that would be everywhere. There'll be signs everywhere. That's what I just read. There's nowhere left. There'll be signs in the sun, the moon, the stars, and upon the earth. There's nowhere, nowhere you can look left. So this, is, this means it's going to be everywhere you can look. All around you, everywhere. Every nation. And then it goes on to say, on the earth, distress of nations. Man, are we living there. With perplexity. Oh, yeah, baby. These are perplexed times. And in case you haven't noticed, some of the smartest people are in control of some of the highest positions corporately and militarily and government, and they, they, don't, they can't hardly make anything work. It's, it's a great perplexity. Sometimes they take the hit like, what are they, stupid? What, what are they, numb skulls? But really, most of those people in high places are among the most educated. And not all of them, but many of them are among the most seasoned 
in their field. And yet, because of the perplexity, they can't bring a solution that sticks as hard as they try. And I had um, one of our government leaders actually tell me this. He said, you know, we're trying, Dr. Barkley, we really are. And, it doesn't, and he said that this is his quote. So we'll give the credit to him, though I won't say his name on television. He said, listen, it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. You know, that means Republican, Democrat, you know, Libertarian, you know, the Tea Party. It doesn't matter what side of what party you're in, what side of the aisle. He said, we're all working night and day. We're, we're arguing, we're debating, we're quarreling, we're deciding, we're reading, we're studying. We've tried this, we've tried that. And he said, in case, and he's telling this to me, in case you haven't noticed, Reverend, for, for a handful of years, no matter what we try, no results. And when we get a little, a little teeny result, it lasts such a short-lived life that it's gone. And we gotta, we got to find another recovery, another bailout, another decision. Another, and he said it's not one or two things, it's everything. It's medicine, it's money, it's nations, it's people, it's crime, it's, it's war. It doesn't matter where you turn. And I said, yeah, I got a verse for you. I knew this day was coming because Jesus Christ said it even here on the earth. Among the nations, there'd be great perplexity. Then it talks about the sea and the waves roaring. That's not just ocean water. It's the sea of humanity. It's the roaring of government control. It's the marching and sound of weaponry during war. Now, verse 26, what I want to draw your head to, your attention. Men's, now that means women too, humans. Men's hearts failing them. Because or for fear, because of fear, or the expectation of something bad happening. You know, the Bible says some people lived in bondage all of their life because they were afraid of death. Oh, yeah. Oh, I couldn't go on a boat. What if it sunk? Oh, I couldn't go. I couldn't go on an airplane. Wow. Years ago, one of the airlines gave me a million mile passenger card and the little tags from my bags and of course we've flown multi-millions now but back then and uh, one of my friends saw that one day on my briefcase and he goes you have flown over a million miles in the air I said yeah he goes oh man I couldn't do that I I'm white knuckled all the time I said I said why he goes I'm afraid to fly I said no you're not you're afraid to die you're not afraid to fly you're afraid to die. When you're afraid to die, you're afraid of a lot of stuff. Let's downgrade death a minute. Someone said, Brother Barclay, I could don't please don't call upon me to ever openly pray or, or, or stand up and say anything. I would just, this is their phrase, I would just die to get in front of all those people. I don't know how you do it. I said, uh, you're not afraid to speak. You're afraid of the people. You're afraid that You'll make a mistake. You're afraid. You're afraid. You have anxiety because fear says, what if you blow it? As if everyone hearing you hasn't. I said, as if everyone that's listening to you hasn't blown it a time or two. Amen. Men's hearts failing them. Now, this could be the blood pumper heart. You know, you have two hearts that's mentioned, the blood pumper, the physical heart, the organ. And then your inner man. That's your heart. I think, personally, 
I interpret this verse to cover both. I really, you can, I mean, even the medical profession, even the doctors and nurses that are not, we'll say, spiritual, or they don't know about this verse. There's a lot of doctors that aren't Christians. They may not know this verse. They would tell you what anxiety would do to your blood pressure, how it adds to, and on and on and on. In fact, they'll start telling you, you, now they have a word for it. They'll start telling you, you better get out of this stress. You are stressed out. They don't just mean you're having an anxious day. They mean it's affecting you. They're, and you, you, you can ask the medical people that go to church here. They will tell you, if you keep dealing with this, your heart will fail you. Uh, you will have high blood pressure. Maybe God forbid, God forbid a stroke or God forbid a heart attack or something. There's other reasons for it. But, but this certainly would aid in a better. So I look at this verse and I could say I can naturally interpret and fairly biblically interpret that some people are going to have strokes and heart attacks and all kinds of weird heart issues and high blood pressure issues, uh, all based on anxiety. Now, some have them based on diet and no exercise and, and you're killing yourself, you know. But nonetheless, this right here is talking about fear of things to come. Fear of things that might happen. They haven't even happened. Oh, my God, I don't know what to do. What's going to happen next? And they, and they stay up at night. You know, a lot of people are running out and buying gold now. The highest it's ever been in my lifetime. Because it interprets peace. They think the, the currency is going to fail. It may. The country is going to fall. Okay. So I always say, go buy a truckload of gold and then tell me what you're going to do with it when there's no bartering system for it. Go buy gold if you want to. You've been wiser to buy it 15 years ago and sold it yesterday. Okay, I know there's a, I happen to be an investor. I happen to be one who invests and I understand the, the, the idea of precious metals. So don't get mad at me. I'm just saying most people don't buy precious metals, gold, silver, or, or precious gems or anything like that. For the sake of, uh, I need the money, I'm going to make some money. Very few people do. Most people are buying it right now to soothe their anxiety in an unstable environment. You know what they say? The biggest postponing, personality changing deal with older folks is worrying about retirement. Because when you turn 65, God dies. Faith won't work anymore. You better hope you have a generous president and governor and that you can sign up for all the stamps, food and otherwise, because at 65, God dies and he's dead and he will never help you again. No, I'm not mocking at all, storing up properly for the future. I'm, I think you should be a very wise steward of everything you have. But, but I'm talking about the anxiety part. Oh, my God. What am I going to do? Well, you know, you know, what if, 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 what if? We should have nicknamed you what if. <laughs> and you get all worked up over something that hadn't even happened. That's my deal. That's what I'm, I think that's what the Lord's saying. One, t- one place the Lord said, you know the verses. He said, take no thought for tomorrow. Because you can't add one cubit to your life. 
with your best worry day. Put on your best worry clothes. Put on your best worry frown and, and the scrunching of the eyes. Put on your uh, squinting of the eyes. Put on your best worry, man. And you can add one little cubit to the statue or the extension of your life. But that old nature says, don't trust God. You can't trust God. God won't come through. Don't, cr- don't trust God. He won't come through. That's that old fallen nature. The new nature doesn't say, whoa, let's just blow it all and lean on God. No, it ta- the, the new nature talks about stewardship and, ta- and, and everything that goes with that. No, I'm not telling you to live just, you know, yippee, let's have a big party every day. However, if you get in this other zone, I'm telling you, you know it. You really don't need a teacher to tell you this. This will drive you, man. This will drive you. This here, back to 26, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. They're not even here yet. They're not even here yet. And Jesus said people would start having heart failure. Now let's talk about not the blood pumper, but your inner man. Because I think right now that's more what my series is designed to, to trust God inwardly, to have faith in God in your heart. But I've seen many people just in my lifetime, you and I have witnessed some of them right here in this church. They serve God, serve God, serve God, serve God, and then faint. Then we don't see them. Where'd they go? What happened to them? Don't tell me they're out rejoicing and, and, and just, they're, no, they're out being worldly or they're being home in the shadows of life. They didn't get promoted by quitting God. You don't get promoted by laying down the Bible. You, don't, you might get deceived. You might get a little wind of Satan to give you a little push. So it looks like you're really sailing on. But uh, preaching better than you're saying amen just for the record. Okay. Um, let, I want to read this to you. Just a brief definition. The word here. Uh, it, it's talking about, and then, of course, uh, if you keep reading, it talks about, I like the verse in Philippians that says, you know, Philippians says, be anxious for nothing. You know that Philippians 4? Let's turn there a minute. Just, it sounds like some of you don't know that. Philippians 4, come on. Still with me, aren't you? Yeah. All right. You quiet because you're listening? Yeah. Okay. I should start docking you. Every time you're quiet like this, I should preach 20 more minutes. Say, all right, I'll just keep on preaching then until I feel like, you know, every good preacher, if he doesn't think you're getting it, he just goes on and on and on. Because we love you so much, we want to drive that in. Praise the Lord. Philippians 4, look at verse 4. Are you there? Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. 5. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. 6. Be careful for nothing. One, one interpretation would be to worry about none of this stuff. Stop your worrying, it says. Another one uses, excuse me, actually uses the anxious word. Stop being anxious, careful, anxious. Stop worrying. Be careful for nothing. Don't be anxious about anything. Be careful for nothing, verse 6. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Verse 7. And the peace of God. Look up here and go like this. Peace. Say it. Peace. peace. You, better learn, you better learn that word. 
I used to speak that word over my kids growing up. Peace. You be at peace. Or over Vicky. Vicky, I speak peace over you right now. I couldn't tell you how many times when we fought the cancer battle with Vicky, how many times my mouth said, you be at peace. We're going to live in peace. We're not in turmoil. We're not at war with God. We're at war with cancer. But we already know Jesus Christ beat cancer. So we're not at war with God. This isn't whether or not God or if God or is God or can we trust God? Well, is God going to heal me? You and I, listen, I want to help you with this. You and I must stop bringing indictment against God. You're not at war with God. The Bible says you you are at peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I said amen. The word there, be anxious, by the way, for nothing, if you care, in the Greek language is marim neo, marim neo, marim neo, and it means take thought. So if it says don't marim neo, don't take thought, then why do you? The verse 4 said rejoice, and again, I say rejoice. That doesn't sound like, hey, if you're happy, rejoice, huh? No. It's almost like you better learn how to rejoice. Because there are going to be plenty of days that you're not going to feel like rejoicing. So you better learn on those days that you don't just feel like rejoicing. To make a determination to rejoice in the Lord your God anyways. Knowing, knowing that the end of it is what's great. It's the end of this thing where God shows up big. And it's just a matter of time before you get out of the lion's den or the fiery furnace or something else. It's God. But all of this stuff is meant to to touch your old nature and get you to take thought for it. What am I going to do? What are we going to do? As if God is dead. You see how it's all an indictment against God? They say they might close our factory. Oh, my God. What are we going to do? Now, that's okay if you're looking up when you say, oh, my God, and you're addressing it to him. But most people aren't. The minute they're on their comfortable position is threatened, immediately they start playing God. I watch people and they start retrieving all this stuff into their own care. Because after all, what if God fails? What if God doesn't? What if God doesn't come through? Just what if? God doesn't bless us. What if the miracle doesn't come? I mean, after all, God's sort of kind of trustworthy, but I'm really trustworthy. So I don't know about trusting God. I think I'll just trust me because God, you know, I don't know if I can trust God. You know his poor character, but I could really trust me. So I think I'll retract this all out of God's hands and I'll call my own shot. I'll have plan B. Oh, I'll try plan A, because that's what I'm taught to do as a Christian. But really, I think we're going to end up being in plan B. Because, you know, I love God, they say, but I'm just not sure you can trust Him. I'm not sure He's going to show up. Now, I want to help you with something. You're never going to fix the leak in the bottom of your boat. You, you better get the best bailing can available to man and learn how to bail really good. Because if you think, just like me, if you think for one second, That God Almighty is part of your problem, causing your problem, or permitting your problem. Ladies and gentlemen, there is nobody higher to look to 
just shut up, swell up, puss up, fall down and die and thank God for it if you're that stupid. Because there's no higher power to go to. He's the highest of the highest of the highest. That's why life, that old fallen nature, some of your goofy philosophical friends and everything else is trying to... And all these sitcoms on TV have turned... Most of them have turned anti-Christ. They're the most anti-Bible thing I've seen in a long, long time. They mock everything this Bible tells you and me uh, the way we're supposed to live. They support everything this Bible's against. So if we let that get to us, then your God will shrink in your mind. He becomes this puny pruny. He blesses some people, but not me. I don't know. I, I can think back one time he moved for me, but he hasn't moved since. I just can't trust this God. I know Brother Barclay says we're supposed to. My pastor, he preaches it. And when I'm with them, I feel inspired. But three, day, three hours after I'm home, it's just back to me again, you know, the don't trust God person. And uh, so I just start taking matters in my own hands. Oh, my Lord. Surely, please, I beg of you, get beyond yourself. Stop exalting yourself to Godship. Admit to your family, I'm not a God. And I can't do this without Jesus Christ. And tell your family, let's turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. And not be careful and worried about what are we going to do as if your God is dying. We're not in the beginning of the last days. We're in the last of the last days. You're blessed to have this book. You're blessed to have this insight. You're blessed to have this forewarning. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony. Ha! Guess who wins? Man, I like church. I like preaching and teaching the Word of God. I even like you. (laughs) Praise God. Thank God for you, God's people. Listen, uh, when we started this, I was telling you that this uh, USB drive is available to you. This series, there's uh, several messages on here, not just one, about uh, becoming an overcomer. That's what I'm dealing with right now, is trying to teach people. You can win. You will win. It's God's will for you to win. This is not just a pep talk. Scripture after scripture after scripture. Bible story after Bible story teaches us how God always wins. His kids always come out on top. And no matter what battle you and I are facing right now, praise God, this is is what it's all about. Winning and not losing. Standing up and not staying down. So get this series. Get on the... Uh, you know, the website, bookstore, call us, email. I mean, there's all kinds of ways. We want you to have it, how to be an overcomer. If you don't know my Jesus, invite him into your life right now. Most everything we teach will not work uh, for people that don't know Christ. So just say, Lord, come live in me and make me a Christian. And then you call us and we're going to tell you how to live your best life now. I promise you that. See you on the next broadcast. Send an offering and pray for us in Jesus' name.